Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the 420 edition episode of The Lauren Bronstein Show. Very excited for this episode, so let's just get into it. So in this episode, we're going to cover the current perception people have surrounding cannabis. We're going to talk about changing the stigma around cannabis. We're going to actually cover some successful companies and brands that are already trying to change the stigma with their branding and marketing. We're going to talk about how you can market in a way that allows you to seem eloquent and still respectful while still covering a topic like cannabis. And my favorite part of this podcast, how technology is integrating itself into the cannabis industry. And that's, that's, that is the most exciting part of this, because as you know, I'm a huge tech nerd and I love social media. I love digital marketing. I love marketing. I just love advertising, storytelling. And all of this comes full circle with the technology and cannabis. I'm a big supporter of cannabis. Just so you guys know, I'm sure you probably know that if you're following my feeds, I use it as medicine. It's it's allowed me to live a normal life like a human being. Uh, it's it's fantastic, and I'm so grateful that I'm able to have medication that allows me to just function like a normal person and, and ride the subway without fear of of having to stop every other stop because I'm suffering from crippling pain or you know emergencies. Unfortunately, I suffer from irritable bowel syndrome. Getting a little bit personal here, but it's very debilitating. And cannabis has allowed me to have the freedom to live my life like a regular person. It's allowed me to be able to travel, go to meetings, go to school, get an education because I'm able to sit in class without having to excuse myself 50, 20, 100 times a day. It's very, it was detrimental to my health, irritable bowel syndrome. And cannabis, not being too overdramatic, has given me a better quality of life. So that's why I'm so excited for this episode. So I hope you guys can change your perceptions if you're against cannabis and try to be a little bit more compassionate to those that are using it as medicine. But let's get into this episode. So before we go any further, I'd like to cover the perception currently surrounding cannabis. Now, you may ask yourself, so what exactly is the perception surrounding cannabis? Now, the perception is your average stoner, cannabis user, whatever you want to call it, is the lazy, unmotivated, dumb, forgetful, hungry, spaced out, degenerate. And that's often not true. Ironically, it's generally people that are hyper-creative or very inclined in the arts or different ways to express oneself, that they generally lean towards cannabis instead of alcohol. What's interesting is generally there's a divide, and often people are either a fan of one or the other, being alcohol or cannabis, and sometimes people indulge in both, but often someone someone will try both, and they'll say, that other one was not for me. I've tried alcohol, and it just makes me feel ill, so I like using cannabis. Or I've tried alcohol, and I like it, but cannabis makes me feel gross, so I don't use cannabis. And that's okay. Like, you know, it's, it's okay to sit on one side or the other side of the fence, but you still need to understand that you're not better than the other person if they choose to use another, another form of a drug or a substance, whether it's to relax or to use it for whatever reason they choose. We need to remember that while it's nice to be on your high horse and feel like you're more superior than other people because you're making what you think are ethically right choices, ethics sort of, they're sort of questionable, you know, because what's right now may not be right 100 years from now. That's all. Like slavery, like slavery has always been wrong, but at, at a point in time, people thought that was right. But, it, you know, you, I mean, to us, it's never right. Slavery's never been right, but at a point in time, people would justify it. So just because something's legal or illegal at the moment doesn't necessarily mean that it's ethically right. So just, just, you know, just try to think of that. You know, I've, my entire life, I've had to, quote unquote, break down the barriers of breaking the perception of being a, quote unquote, a stoner, whatever you want to call it. I really hate the term stoner because it seems so derogatory. But when I was in college, I had to use cannabis edibles quite frequently because it allowed me to have a long term sustained 
uh, quality of existence while at school. I would be able to consume an edible either in midday or early in the morning, and it would last most of the day so I could, I could sit in class without having to be distracted by pain or running to the bathroom constantly. And no one knew this, not until very close to the end of my graduation. And around the time of my graduation, people finally said, wow, you, you use cannabis? I had no idea. Like, you're just, you're so articulately spoken and you're, you're always, you know, energetic and upbeat and kind and polite and you don't look stoned ever. And that's when it sort of occurred to me, like, wow, you know, we live in, we lived in 2017, 2016 at the time when I was graduating and people are still under the perception that cannabis makes you lazy and unmotivated and that that really hurt me because as someone who is so thankful to have it for allowing me to just live a normal life it, it seems like I have to live in somewhat of a shame just to be a regular person and that I don't feel that's fair I feel it's a little bit discriminatory and I just I hope that me saying this can possibly change your perceptions to be a little bit more compassionate I'm not saying you have to be gung-ho on cannabis I'm not saying you have to be excited for people to smoke seven pound joints. That's a little bit excessive, but it's the same thing as getting sloshed in alcohol. Many people, many aficionados love whiskey. They will talk about whiskey for out for days, for years. There are whiskey only bars where they just serve whiskey, 35 years aged, 60 years aged, 120 years aged. You know, whiskey's popular, but that doesn't mean they're alcoholics. There's a difference between a whiskey aficionado and someone who's a binge drinker, someone that'll drink Listerine to get off. And that applies to everything, including cannabis. So while there are people that will smoke seven pound joints and they'll, they'll, their eyes will be red and they're slurring their words, like it, you can just replace the cannabis with any other drug because I think that person is just looking for, to get high and it doesn't matter what they're getting high with. So it's not so much the drug, you're blaming a plant when I think it's more the person and personal choices. So I, I mean, I think that's how, the, that's how perceptions are sort of gonna change. I think the more we go forward, People are going to start realizing, oh, there's a lot of people, successful, educated, articulate people that use cannabis every day. And I had no idea. And if they didn't tell me, I would have never known. I'm talking about doctors, lawyers, police officers, teachers, politicians, people you'd never know. And I'm not saying they're sitting there smoking joints. Maybe they're using tinctures under the tongue. Maybe they're using cream for their arthritis. Maybe they're using pills to help with their uh, pain. You don't know. Cannabis doesn't have to be smoked. So... I think the more we can start educating people on how cannabis can be consumed and the benefits cannabis has as medicine, we'll slowly start changing the perception surrounding cannabis. Now, something I'd like to talk about in regards to changing the stigma, and I feel this can help change the perception, and that's telling the truth. It seems simple, but I feel not enough people are honest about their cannabis use. There are many high-functioning people, no pun intended, that use cannabis, like I said, doctors, lawyers, politicians. And I think if they were more open, like Kathy Bates, if they were more open about the fact that they enjoyed cannabis, Whoopi Goldberg was another great one. You know, Obama, Obama is a very unbelievably articulate individual and he admitted to using cannabis and he even made the joke, yes, I inhaled. He's referring to Bill Clinton who said, yes, I tried cannabis, but no, I did not inhale. It's like, come on, man, like, why are you, like, don't just be transparent, it's okay, it's okay. So I like that Obama was open about it. And he said, like, you, you've liked me before. You knew I used cannabis. So you should like me the same way after I told you I've used cannabis. It doesn't make him a bad person. He, he's a good person with good morals and intentions. And that's all that matters. Cannabis doesn't change that. So I honestly think if more people are open about using their use of cannabis and their current position, be it a politician, a doctor, a lawyer or anything else, that'll really help break the stigma that cannabis makes you lazy or unmotivated. So I'm really excited for people to start coming out of the woodwork and being honest more about their cannabis use. Now brands, brands can make a huge impact 
on helping how we perceive the cannabis industry. So we'd like to discuss some brands that have absolutely killed it as far as marketing or branding goes in the cannabis industry. Now, the first one that we're actually going to talk about is a vaporizer. And vaporizers are very popular in the medical community because the purpose of smoking cannabis is that it's a very instant onset when you inhale it. By inhaling it compared to eating it, it doesn't need to get processed through the liver. This allows it to bypass the blood-brain barrier, and it goes directly into the bloodstream. So when you inhale it, unlike ingesting it, it goes into your lungs and directly into the bloodstream, which goes directly to the brain. And that's how it has such a rapid onset. Now, vaporizing has removed the carcinogenic effects from smoking. So you get the rapid onset of inhaling it, similar to a puffer, without all the nasty carcinogens that are in burning plant material. So vaporizing is very popular amongst the medical community. And while vaporizers are great, most of them still sort of fall under the category of like drug paraphernalia look-alike kind of stuff like they sort of look like you know marijuana vaporizers for lack of a better word except for this one company that i'd like to talk about and that company is pax i'm sure you've heard of pax pax is known in the cannabis community essentially as the apple of cannabis vaporizers and that's because they were essentially in my opinion i honestly believe they sort of they emulated what apple did as far as marketing goes just from a cannabis perspective they've taken the sleek minimalist look of Apple computers and they've implemented that to cannabis vaporizers. All of their marketing is very, very minimalist and clean and crisp looking. They have very sleek metallic uh, bodies for all their vaporizers. Very, very small, compact, clean look. No buttons, just one like a touch button and this one button that's on, it isn't even a button. It's part of the vaporizer, like the whole vaporizer is one big button. So the whole thing looks very sleek and, and it's small and tight. and it's got a nice look and feel to it and that I think really appeals to people that are not wanting to feel like a degenerate smoking cannabis but someone that's using cannabis medicinally it seems silly to use the word degenerate around cannabis I know but it's just it's the perception so I think PAX has done an excellent job at slowly changing that perception by saying like here is this it has the same functionality as any other vaporizer except when you're out on the street using it people think it's an e-cig or they don't even they don't even see it because it's so small it's functional and it's small and it looks cool. So even non-smoking people may look at this and say, I have no idea what that is. It looks like it looks like a hard drive. Truthfully, in my opinion, it looks more like a battery for your cell phone or a hard drive than it does a vaporizer. So I think that really gives a lot of people peace of mind. And I don't think this was I don't think this was a fluke. I'm fairly certain PAX knew this. They they knew about the stigma associated with cannabis and they knew the only way to change that stigma is to do so through branding so they branded the hell out of this thing as a up-class high-quality vaporizer now this vaporizer is so well known and so associated with high class it's been seen in movies if you watch the show billions bobby axelrod and his wife are outside of an event a charity event and before going in they're actually using a pax so if that doesn't show you that it's it's for the quote-unquote the white collar person who would never be seen you know breaking the, the person who would never be seen smoking cannabis that's who's doing it that's who's using this a lot of celebrities like to use the packs a lot of moms soccer moms like to use the packs i know it because i've spoken to them I, i've learned a little bit about the cannabis industry i'm really interested in getting into this once it becomes legalized in canada i've been doing my research and i've learned that if something comes on the scene that's completely out of left field like apple computers when apple computers first came on the scene it was a computer that wasn't for nerds. It was a computer that was for everybody. And that was like completely out of left field. It was a computer like any other computer, but it wasn't. It really wasn't. It was a computer that was completely different. 
that makes people look at it completely differently. They don't say, well, this is this isn't an IBM. This is this is a Macintosh. It's it's Lisa. It's very different. It talks to me. That's it's completely different. It's not the same thing. I know it looks and talks and it has the same shape as the other computers. It's not though. This is a Macintosh. It's very different. The same thing applies to PAX. They're saying this this isn't a cannabis product. This this is nothing to do. This is this is a PAX. It may use cannabis. It may it may smell like cannabis, but this is very much different. This is a PAX. This is a medicinal cannabis product. This isn't a cannabis. There's a cannabis product and there's a medicinal cannabis product. Now, truthfully, they are one and the same, but the perception is so strong with PAX being medicinal product for people to use it for medicine that it's stuck and it works so well. So you need to understand that while the stigma's there, you can slowly carry people over to the other side if you do so in a respectful way and you do it in a way that allows them to relate to something else because PAX is so closely related to Apple in regards to the minimalist design and the marketing and the typography even of their of their uh, the, the way they write PAX on their packaging it allows people to almost feel like it's just another Apple product and it sort of integrates with their Apple lifestyle so because it was such an easy bridge to connect the two I think that's why so many people jumped on the PAX so acceptingly and so willingly instead of just saying oh it's a another degenerate pot product so marketing is very important because it does change perceptions. But there's a couple more brands that I'd also like to talk about. Let's get into those. So if you've read any of the news when cannabis was first legalized in the United States, the biggest problem was all the people going to the hospital because they were consuming far too much cannabis. They didn't understand how the milligrams worked. They would have one cookie and that cookie would have 100 milligrams of cannabis in it. That's like 10 doses. They took 10 doses in one dose. Two hours later, they're seeing the devil and think they're dying. So they call 911. And it's non-toxic there's no neurotoxicity to cannabis we haven't found it yet but people are still afraid because when the effects come on and they're very strong and thc can it can be scary high doses of thc can seem like a very nasty psychedelic trip with vomiting and spins and disorientation haziness it, it's not it's not good you know everything is great in moderation including moderation i believe that was oscar wilde that said that but the next product i'm going to talk about sort of speaks to the people that were afraid of overdosing. They saw that this was a problem, that people didn't know how to dose properly, that people wanted to eat a whole cookie. Joe Rogan, who has a famous podcast, a famous comedian, MMA commentator, he makes a joke on one of his stand-ups where he says, you know, these people are making these cannabis edibles like they're the cure for cancer. It's like when I go to a store and buy a pack of gummies, they, the guy's like, yo, these gummies are really strong. You got to eat just, just the tip of the arm because that's too much. He says, you eat the whole gummy bear, you're going to die. It's like, so why are you making them so strong? I want to eat a whole pack of gummy bears and then just feel a very mild effect. Like, why are you, why are you, why do I have to eat one bite of a cookie and that's it? People want to be able to enjoy their dessert and then feel the effects after. So this company has done that. This company saw that insight and they've jumped on it. So this company is called the Cannabis Quencher. And what this can, this uh, company does is they, they're essentially like five hour energy. If you've ever heard of five hour energy, they come in these very small shot like cups. And it's essentially, it's like one quick shot. You take a quick like drink and the whole thing's done, except it's it's small and it's a very small, very, very small dose. One quick drink and you have the entire dose. The reason this is so popular is because it's a 50-50 mix of cannabidiol, which is called CBD, to THC, tetrahydrocannabinol, I believe Delta 9. So it's 50% CBD, 50% THC. Now, for those of you who don't understand the chemistry of cannabis, the CBD counteracts THC. So if you are having too much, if you're having what people call a THC overdose, you're nauseous, you have the spins, you're paranoid, you're anxious, 
If you were to consume something that contained cannabidiol, CBD, it would damper the effects of THC to the point where you may just fall asleep and you all the effects of nausea and everything else could diminish because the CBD is counteracting the effects of the THC. So the reason why they've put 10 milligrams of CBD and 10 milligrams of THC is to counteract each other and to give you a very mild, very, very mild dose. 10 milligrams is an excellent starter dose, and it's a mild dose for someone to understand what both CBD and THC feel like together. The two of them work very well as they counteract each other, like baking soda and vinegar. So when they're counteracting each other in your body, you're not getting too overwhelming feelings of either side of the spectrum. You're getting a little bit of both. You can see which one you like a little bit better. If it's the euphoria, then maybe you're leaning more towards the THC. If it's the uh, heaviness, the sleepiness, the pain relief, maybe you're leaning more towards the CBD. Then after you've consumed this beverage, if there's one you liked more than the other, you could go back to your doctor or dispensary or wherever you got it from and say, this is the part I enjoyed more about it. I felt it was too strong or not strong enough. What do you recommend from there forward? It's an excellent, excellent way to diminish the fear in the people that are afraid to take their first cannabis edible. Like when I, I don't drink alcohol, I can't drink alcohol because of my condition. So the one or two times that I was drunk, I didn't understand how alcohol worked and no one was kind enough to tell me. So it tasted terrible, but someone made me one drink. All I had was one drink and I was destroyed and I felt terrible and I had the spins and it was the worst experience of my life. But no one told me how potent vodka was at the time. So I just mostly tasted vanilla and Coke. And I didn't realize that vodka is a very powerful alcoholic beverage. So if some if something like this existed for alcohol, I don't mean like a beer. I mean something that is very small dose. It has a rapid onset. You feel it and you're like, okay, I understand what being under the influence of small doses of alcohol feels like. I'd like this or I don't like this. And I would, I would inquire what a little bit of a higher dose would feel like. I feel that would be really popular in the alcohol community. A lot of people that are new to drinking or people that don't want to get completely sloshed, just want a slight buzz. And people don't necessarily like the taste of beer. So if they offered an alternative like this, where it was a very small dose that allowed people to just get a taster of what being under the effects of alcohol was like, I think it would, I think it would be quite successful. Now I'd like to talk about Korova Edibles. Now Korova Edibles is one of the most popular baked food brands for cannabis. They offer a wide supply of baked goods and even offer packages of mini cookies with 10 milligrams of cannabis in each cookie. That means the entire package of cookies, there's 10 cookies in there, the entire package is 100 milligrams. This is great as you can slowly increase your dose to meet your desired requirements. Now, now I believe Corova is primarily located in Colorado and California, but from my research, I've seen that it's one of the most popular edible brands. They're more of a high-class brand. They're known for making essentially artesian-style cookies. I think they're one of their biggest sellers is the peanut butter cookie. People love peanut butter cookies, while the doses are rather high. 100 milligrams in one singular cookie is a, like I could never, ever, I would never, I wouldn't even do that for $1,000. That seems like way too much for me, but I'm a, I'm a weirdo. I, I don't, I don't love, uh, I don't love, you know, high effects of, of cannabis. I, I just, I just like feeling okay and just being able to just be myself. And I feel low doses of cannabis allows that for me. But 
you know, there is a market for this. Essentially, this is like the the vodkas, the whiskeys of the cannabis world. People that want a little bit of a stronger buzz without having to eat a whole lot of stuff, this is perfect for that. You have one small cookie, it's 100 milligrams, and you're good for like seven hours. So it's essentially like, oh, I guess, I guess tequila would be an equivalent where you take one shot and one shot really does you in because it's so much more potent than what you're normally used to. So the real reason why I like Korkova as a brand, the reason why I'm talking about them is if you look at their packaging and if, if you'll Google their name, you'll see that their packaging is very, it's very artesian looking. It's very not, I don't want to say hipster, but it's very mom and pop looking. Like it looks like a family brand, almost like it was made by, you know, a bakery down the street. The packaging they use sort of looks like it's woven out of hemp or something, and it it looks very homey and like 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 sort of like grandma's baked goods. And they've done that on purpose because it adds a warmth. When when you're buying cannabis edibles, often a lot of them are marketed as just blow your socks off, you'll see space, you'll you'll travel to Mars. And these guys are quite the opposite. They're like, yes, you want a high dose, but you're not 14, so you do you know like. An example, I guess, is when you when you see how vodka is advertised, and, and I'm gonna get crapped on for this, but I don't care. It's obvious that some alcohols are advertised to younger kids, kids that are most definitely should not be legally drinking, but it's still advertised to them because that's that's who gets fake IDs and buys this crap, like for, forever. They've been saying stuff like, uh, "Oh, we gotta be careful about a uh, flavored e-cig juice, like cotton candy, and and we gotta be careful about um putting cannabis in gummy bears because kids will eat it." said, so, well, isn't your job as the government to regulate this stuff so kids can't get their hands on it? And isn't that why alcohol is allowed to have vanilla flavoring and cotton candy flavoring and lollipop flavoring and gummy bear flavoring? Because doesn't that market to kids as well? So, so it's, it's a silly argument. Either you have to remove all alcohol flavoring, like cotton candy and bubble gum and gummy bears, which is definitely marketed to kids, or you have to allow cannabis to have the same rights that alcohol does. So Kokorva doesn't do this. They don't they don't have these silly flavors. They don't have these colorful designs. It's very basic. It's brown packaging. It has a picture of a cow on the front with a I believe a a stencil hat, I think. I believe that's a name. It's called a stencil hat. And they're just it, it's cool packaging. It's very neat, sort of hipster, niche looking. It sort of looks like something you'd see at a mom and pop coffee shop that hipsters would go to. Sort of like that kind of packaging. And it, and it works well because it's respectful, it's non-intrusive, but it's still identifiable. And I felt they have done an excellent, excellent job at marketing themselves as a respectful brand, but still a well-known and potent edible brand. And now time to talk about technology and cannabis. So the first thing I want to cover is there's so many social media apps. When cannabis was legalized in Colorado and California, so many entrepreneurs and startups jumped on this opportunity, thinking that there would be a huge need for technology. And they were not wrong. There absolutely is always a need for technology in any new up-and-coming business, and cannabis is no exception, except social media is I don't, I don't know how I feel about that I'll tell you why because currently because the perception is still so skewed on cannabis I don't know how comfortable people would be with literally signing up to a social media website that is dedicated to cannabis because it sort of extradites them as this criminal now like like not even actually illegal illicit activity it just to their friends to their family they're like oh I don't I don't want to be associated as like a pot smoker when no one I know or associate with really does it besides me so I don't know if, if society is ready for that yet to just to completely like maybe if it was just usernames but a lot of these places wanted to emulate that of Facebook Twitter or Instagram where you use your real name and I don't, I don't love it because I don't think people are ready for that I don't think the stigma has been abolished that much yet and I think it's just 
people aren't ready. I think with as time goes on and the stigma becomes lessened, people may be more willing to sign up for these kinds of things. But for the time being, if you really want to do something like this, I think you would need to have pseudonyms and avatars just to have a discussion around cannabis where everybody's anonymous, if you choose to be. If you want to use your name, that's great, but you should have the option for anonymity because I just don't, I don't think enough people will sign up at a website that can sustain itself if you have to use your real name. A couple examples of websites that, like uh, Doobie, another one was a Puffy app, I know was one. There, there's, there's a couple, uh, goodness, I, if I could remember all the names. Uh, Weed Life is another one. Like there's like the names even, in my opinion, they're not great names. They, they seem too gimmicky. It just, it doesn't seem like it's respectful to the people that are actually using this medicine. And those, I think, are the people that often have the most insight or the most to say about cannabis. So if you want to target them, you're going to have to change your marketing to target people in a more respectful manner. So now that the social media aspect is out of the way, I'd like to speak a little bit less about marketing, a little less about social media, and a little bit more just about the technology involved in cannabis as a whole. Now you say, what technology can be involved around a plant? You'd be surprised. Cannabis is an incredibly, unfathomably complex plant. There's so much to it. There's so many cannabinoids in the spectrum of the cannabinoid spectrum for cannabis. You know, the THC, THCA, CBD, CBN, CBG. It goes on forever. And it's not as easy. Like, yes, it's called weed because you can put it in the ground and it grows like a weed. But there's a difference between growing cannabis and growing cannabis well. And technology really comes into play when you want to grow cannabis well, especially when you're at the level of an aficionado and you really want to take it down just at the right moment. You want to you know, control the temperature of the room that it's growing in. You want to assure that there's no oxygen in the room. So, you know, the bacteria cannot thrive. Things like that, when you're controlling the lighting, you want a certain lumis, you want a certain output of your light, you want the lights to turn on or off at a certain time. There's so many variables. And technology can come in tremendously for that. So, like, there are timers and stuff people used to use to turn lights on and off. But now, now that technology is becoming better and better, we're able to use things like monitors to monitor how much light one side of the plant is getting compared to another part. We're able to use like electronic microscopes to really get like real detailed macro shots of the trichomes of the glandular heads of the cannabis itself to see when they're fully mature and when it's the best time to take them down and harvest them. Things like that allow us to learn more about the plant, more about how it interacts with people, and just more about the science and chemistry behind the plant and how it grows. And it's, it's important, I feel, if this is going to be a budding industry, once again, no pun intended, that we learn as much as we can about this plant and everything about it. So following that little rant, there's something called pods. And pods are really awesome. I'm really excited for these. It was actually, I'm pretty sure it was um, one of my teachers, if he ever listens to this, uh, Z, I believe you, like he, this guy was, a, he's a genius. He's a genius as far as technology goes. And he's always up to date on everything technology. He told me like before anybody else knew this existed, that Silicon Valley was working on a, a box essentially that it's called a pod and it essentially tries to recreate the perfect atmosphere for any plant to grow and not just cannabis it's just any plant like depending on what the plant's requirements are you can enter that into this box and the plant says or the box says okay this is the information I know based on what you've told me based on the plant you're growing this is the light spectrum it needs this is how much water it needs per day compared to another plant so I guess like that it takes all the error away from humans. And that is why technology is so great, like for everything. Like the reason why technology is so successful in medicine is it takes away human error. And 
there's still always errors in technology, but the errors of technology are far less likely than that of human error. When growing cannabis, genetics are a very big part of it. Many different genetics allow for the plant to grow in different ways or give you different desired effects. So if you're spending a lot of money on specific seeds to get specific genetics, it would suck for you to spend all that time and all that electricity on the electrical bills and the time invested and all the, the pots and the soil and all the requirements and nutrients just to have it fail or rot at the last stage because that can happen. You can get it to the last stage and as you're curing your cannabis, you've already grown it, you're, you've chopped it down and now it's drying and as it's drying because the room contained too much moisture, mold started forming and you have to throw everything out. All your time, money and effort and all your hard work goes out the window because you can't consume mold. You can get very ill. This sort of removes that fear. This makes as close to as perfect atmosphere for cannabis or whatever plant you're growing. It's just hydroponically grown, so that could be tomatoes. That could be anything. You can grow chives if you want. It would, it would make the utmost perfect atmosphere within reasoning uh, compared to doing it in a tent like most people do. People do it in tents or they do it in rooms, and it's very difficult to cut off the oxygen supply to a room. It's very difficult to completely regulate the temperature of a room unless you yourself build a room. Like In order to build a room, for you to assure that the temperature is perfect and consistent to build an atmosphere that's 100% perfect for cannabis, you would need to build your own room. You can't, can't buy a house and grow cannabis in a room. You would need to make a room in a room. So you have a room and then you buy cinder blocks, I guess, and you make a smaller room that is completely sealed off except for one exit. And that exit needs to be sealed and that door is closed. And that is the only way you can assure no light is escaping, no oxygen is escaping, unless you have like a vent going in and out, which is very important. And that's really the only way you can assure as close to ideal temperatures as possible if you're not integrating technology. So as you can imagine, most people don't have the requirements or are not nearly like passionate enough or want to go through that to have to just grow a little plant. So this is where technology comes in. It alleviates a lot of the stress and pressure from people that are not artesian growers. Anybody can just pop a seed in this little box, they close it. You check on it from time to time, the thing self-waters. It self-waters, it self-monitors, the lights go on and off. All you have to do is check the technology and it even integrates to your phone. So while you're away, you can check and see how your plant is doing. That, that is, un like, well, this is the future, man. This is unbelievable and I'm so excited to see what the future brings. The very last thing I want to talk about, that's how cannabis and technology integrate to our smartphones. And I'm very excited about this one. Now, the Mighty, if you've ever heard of the Volcano, the Volcano is the only vaporizer to my knowledge that has been globally accepted as a medicinal vaporizer. The government of Canada, the government of Amsterdam, I believe the government of the United States have also said this one specific vaporizer, because it is a German engineering by Storrs and Bickel, they've put in enough time and they've proven through their own testing that it is non-harmful to humans, it's non-toxic, and it is as accurate as possible. So when your digital vaporizer is reading 320 degrees, the, the vapor that is in the bag that you can now inhale is as close to what the digital reading is as possible. So according to the government, they said this is the best current medical device people can use to consume cannabis. So we will acknowledge this as a medical device and we will even allow you to charge this to your insurance company. So stores in Bickel, I guess they ran with that and they continue to start pumping out more devices that fell under that category. So one of the two devices that were handheld that they created, they created the Mighty and the smaller version, the Crafty. Now what makes the Mighty so incredible is similar to the biggest version that they originally sold, the Volcano, which is the house unit. This portable unit called the Mighty actually allows for a digital display similar to the one that you have to keep in your home, except it's much smaller, this one fits in your pocket with a digital display. Now the beauty of the digital display is the vaporizer itself has Bluetooth built in, I believe, and it syncs to your phone. 
so you can actually choose the desired temperature through your smartphone. By looking at your smartphone, you download the Stores and Bickle app, you can connect it to your handheld vaporizer, and you can type in, you can dial in the specific temperature that you want, because at different temperatures, different parts of the medicine of the plant are released. At higher temperatures, you get more sedative-like effects. Uh, you get anti-nausea effects, anti-pain relief effects, anti-inflammatory effects. At lower temperatures, you get more euphoric effects, more psychological effects, more of the THC effects. But at the higher at the higher temperatures, you're actually degrading this THC to turn into CBD, and that's what's causing the anti-inflammatory properties. So I hope you guys learned something from this. If I could be completely honest, I was very apprehensive about posting this because I was fearful of what my friends and family would think of me if they knew that I was this uh, passionate and open about cannabis, but I've learned to lead with I don't care, with honesty and transparency, and I love you guys and support all of you for all of your faults because Everybody has faults, everybody has pros and cons, and that's life. And if we were to beat each other up for all of our negatives or faults or things that we like to indulge in, be it alcohol, sex, drugs, or anything else, nobody, like we would never have anybody around us because we would be judging everybody. And while I don't necessarily agree with the behavior of most people when they're on drugs or alcohol specifically, I will still respect them as a human being and I will still support their decisions so as long as they're not hurting other people. So I hope that we can all be adults about this and you can respect my decision to use cannabis as medicine and respect me enough to respect me as your equal and not lesser than you because I choose to use a plant that helps me live like a normal person. So if you've learned anything about technology or marketing or anything else related to the cannabis industry, let me know in the comments. If you'd like to learn more about cannabis, maybe you and I can have a chat or we can speak over Instagram or any other social media. And if you are in the cannabis industry and you'd like to do a podcast with me to talk about your brand, your service, or anything else, please reach out to me as I would love nothing more than to learn more about this wonderful industry and all the wonderful people in it. Because that's one thing. The one last thing I'd like to say is, from my experience, very few people, very few markets have I ever met so many nice people like the cannabis industry. Almost every single person that I've ever met, despite what they looked like, people like to judge a book by their cover. And there are a lot of quote-unquote alternative-looking people in the cannabis industry with tattoos, piercings, stuff like that. But I'm telling you, they are the nicest, most compassionate and open-minded people I've ever had the, the opportunity to be with. So I really hope that you guys can just be a little bit more open-minded when, when speaking to people and learning about people's likes and dislikes because we often try to judge a book by their cover, but often, I mean, even as children, we know that's wrong. So just try to be a little bit more open-minded and compassionate as you never know what someone's going through. I want to thank you guys so much for listening. This has been a really fun podcast. I want to wish everybody a very happy, but especially, please have a very safe 420. Please don't do anything stupid, and please don't, don't worsen the stigma that already exists. Have a respectful 420. Don't be smoking in front of children. Don't, don't, be, don't, be, you know, like, don't be disrespectful. Just, just use good common sense, and everybody will have a great time both people that are celebrating 420 and people that are not celebrating 420. So 420, it, it, it's, it's a celebration of freedom. It's a celebration of our right to use cannabis freely without fear of judgment. It's not about overdosing or using too much. Just, just try to remember that, that we're celebrating that we have the freedom to use this without feeling like a second-class citizen. So I want to thank you guys once again, and until next time, Lauren Bronstein out.